Blog Talk Radio. Sports with the Statman is on the air. Welcome to Sports with the Statman on blogtalkradio.com. I'm your host, George Douglas, the Statman, on a Saturday morning, the 1st of October, 2016. It is 10 a.m. in the Eastern. We're live on Blog Talk Radio, coming to you from our authentic invitation home studios in northern New Jersey. We'll be with you for the next 45 minutes, so sit back and enjoy as they take you through the world of sports. Good Saturday morning out there, everybody. Welcome to the month of October and week four in fantasy football. It's coming up. Uh, well, it's already started on Thursday with Bengals beating the Dolphins 22-7. to And my knockout pick in the uh, Eliminator Challenge was good, 4-0 for, for, for that. So that is a good thing. I'm already getting it out of the way, so there's no no suspense on Sunday. But it's very tough on Thursdays to make uh, a pick that will affect you when you have so many other games to pick from on Sunday, or uh, if you pick on Monday night, and you're you're really hitting and hoping at that point. And you, you know, with the short week, you're never quite sure. But with eliminator challenge or knockout picks, I always go with the home team. And when you have a short week. A home team really gets favored in that type of a situation. So if it's a game where, on the uh, on the balance, the home team has a really good edge anyway. Add to that a Miami team that won in overtime. Maybe they're a little gassed. They have to turn it around, go on the road uh, to Cincinnati. You know that was a that was a loaded uh, a loaded deck for the Miami Dolphins, and uh, the Bengals won that one. And uh, that's a good knockout pick there. But we have game picks for you. Uh, we picked the big games as well as the uh, the local games, and uh, of course uh, all of the fantasy trimmings you've come to expect with injuries and hot pickups. And we award our weekly best for uh, for last week. Baseball this is going to be the last that we really talk about baseball for a while from a fantasy perspective. Uh, we look at that. We're going to look at uh, our picks for the Major League Baseball uh, awards for the MVP, the Cy Young, the Rookie of the Year, and the Manager of the Year, the Big Four in both leagues. And also uh, we have our All-Statman team for the month of September. And don't forget, because it's October, September and October, it's our three-sport attack, we are going to talk some fantasy hockey today and give you our view of the forward positions in hockey, both centers and wings, and give you our take on, uh, on all of that. So there's a ton to go through. Before we get started, though, I just want to thank everybody once again for listening to the show. We've been doing this show now for uh, seven and a half years, and this is episode number 700. Uh, I never thought that we would have one episode, let alone uh, 700. 700 is uh, is a big number, and I just want to thank all of you. I know we're approaching 50,000 listens for our uh, uh, for, for the show's history, and we do about 100 of these every year or so uh, for our Pro Talk segment. 50 or so for these uh, uh, This Week in Fantasy Sports segments, which you can find every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern Time. And, uh, of course, you can download episodes of the entire podcast if you can't listen live, and you can do that on our uh, uh, on several outlets, our, our uh, Blog Talk Radio page. Go to blogtalkradio.com slash d-statman. That is also the only place you, place you can listen live. You can also download the entire 45-minute podcast and 30-minute live feed and the 15-minute podcast-only version, uh, either on Blog Talk Radio, on iTunes. Just search for Sports with the Statman in the search and subscribe. 
Uh, also, Stitcher, the Smart Radio app. If you download the free app in the Apple App Store from Google Play, you can download the app over Wi-Fi and take it up. Go with you. Add us to your playlist. Give us a thumbs up. We also upload all of our audio onto Facebook. Go to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash sports with the Statman. Like us on Facebook. Come back early and often start the conversation. Join the conversation there. Or you can always tweet me your questions, fantasy questions, your pro opinions. And, of course, with our new countdown segment, on uh, usually on Wednesday nights, our, our midweek segment, we were on Thursday this past week, but we count down uh, the top stories in baseball, football, and hockey from number 10 down to number one, and, and uh, that covers New York, Boston, Philadelphia, and maybe some national stories as well uh, from a sports perspective. Uh, if, you're, if you disagree with my take or if you have something on, on your top 10 that's not on my top 10, uh, you can talk about it there either through Facebook or uh, Twitter, and you can reach me on Twitter at gstepman. And uh, that is uh, the way to find out about the show, interact with the show. And, of course, website is statmansportsonline.com. That's statmansportsonline.com. It's been a fantastic ride for seven and a half years, and hopefully we have another seven and a half years in us. But uh, this is episode number 700, and uh, sounds crazy, but it is true. All right, let's get mo- moved on here. Let's move on to uh, week number four in fantasy football. Uh, but first, let's look back at week three and look at what happened in week three with uh, the top fantasy performances. And we start with Trevor Simeon of the Denver Broncos. Um, they were in Cincinnati. They took care of business, and the Broncos are off to a fantastic start. Trevor Simeon, no exception, 23-35 for 312 yards and four touchdowns with no interceptions, and he led all fantasy scorers with 40 fantasy points. At number two was a non-quarterback. You usually don't see non-quarterbacks up this high in the ranking. Marvin Jones of the Detroit Lions, when you have a game like he had, he only caught six balls, but he caught two of them for touchdowns and a total of 205 uh, receiving yards. It was uh, a, a long touchdown, a, um, uh, a touchdown that was in that uh, next-to-longest category, an eight-pointer. And, of course, uh, 20 fantasy points based on the yardage. So just a tremendous week for Marvin Jones and the Detroit, uh, well, the Detroit uh, wide receiver anyway. They ended up uh, uh, losing to Green Bay. But still, it was a a fantastic uh, outing for the wide receiver. The former uh, Cincinnati Bengal, who has now moved on to Detroit and has done a very good job in, in getting, picking up some of the slack that, uh, uh, that Megatron has, has left behind. Uh, and number three, Matthew Stafford, the guy throwing him the uh, passes, was the second-best quarterback, third overall, 36 fantasy points. He was 28 for 41, 385 yards, three touchdowns, and an interception. Jones made up more than half of Stafford's output. So in those situations, if you have Jones and you're going against Stafford, you did very well because Stafford was productive, but Jones was more productive and kind of cancels out that production. Uh, in fact, uh, it was it was a close one in that 34-27 game with the Packers, but uh, uh, the Lions ended up getting the edge in terms of uh, fantasy. Uh, at number four, Devontae Freeman of the uh, Atlanta Falcons with 33 fantasy points, 14 rushes for 152, five catches for 55 and a score. He reasserted his dominance uh, in that Atlanta backfield, which we weren't quite sure about with, uh, with Freeman and Tevin Coleman. Tevin Coleman... A little banged up, uh, but Freeman uh, took advantage and uh, ran all over the Saints in that Monday night uh, in Monday night slugfest, 45-32 victory for the Falcons over the Saints. 
And at number five, Kirk Cousins, the Washington uh, Redskins. Actually, take that back, the uh, Kansas City Chiefs defense and special teams was uh, tied with Freeman at 33 fantasy points. So Cousins, Tannehill, they are tied for sixth. Uh, the Chiefs did a fantastic job on defense. Uh, they had two returns for a touchdown. They only allowed three points to the Jets. They had eight takeaways in, in total because of two fumble recoveries and six interceptions. Uh, that was an unbelievable week for the Chiefs, and they had 33 fantasy points. So that is a look at uh, the weekly best overall. And usually quarterbacks dominate this list, but only two in the top five. So this was a, a week where everybody got in on the action. Uh, Semyon, Stafford, Cousins, Tannehill, and Rodgers, the top five quarterbacks. But in terms of the uh, stock up, stock down, Carson Wentz isn't far behind. 29 points as he led the Eagles to a 3-0 and start, a well-deserved bye week and a trouncing over the Pittsburgh Steelers, 34-3. to and, and also, you can, you can add Case Keenum to the list of stock up. 25 fantasy points uh, for the Rams quarterback as they won. He had uh, 190 yards uh, passing, two, two touchdowns, one interception. His counterpart, Jameis Winston, had one more point than he did, but the Rams came away with the win. Winston threw for 405 yards. It's more than double what Keenum threw for. He had an extra touchdown. Uh, three touchdowns to one interception, but he did lose a fumble. Uh, Keenum, uh, believe it or not, stock up. And, boy, you want to talk about the deepest league ad. If you are in a 14-team league that plays two quarterbacks, Keenum's probably rostered. Otherwise, you probably don't uh, don't want to worry about it. Dak Prescott, 24 fantasy points, 19 to 24, very efficient, 248 yards and a touchdown. Also ran for a touchdown among his four rushes, 36 yards. Uh, very, very good numbers there. And Jacoby Brissett of the New England Patriots, 18 fantasy points. Uh, really not uh, not rosterable at this point because his days are numbered. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo probably will start uh, for the uh, for the Patriots, but Brissett, uh, 14th among quarterbacks, 11 for 19, only 103 yards, but he had a scrambling touchdown, eight rushes, 48 yards, and that touchdown. In terms of stock down, well, uh, Russell Wilson didn't do very much. 15 fantasy points, 15 to 23. For 243 yards for uh, uh, for Seattle, didn't really have to do all that much against the uh, against the Niners um, in a 37-18 win, but still you expect a little more out of Russell Wilson. Uh, Blake Bortles three interceptions, uh, Cam Newton three interceptions. Both of them had 12 fantasy points and are on our stock down list. Cam Newton in a loss to uh, to Minnesota as the Vikings uh, had a solid game, 22 to 10 over the Panthers. And Blake Bortles and the Jags uh, lose to Baltimore late 1917 as uh, that game was uh, was closed. How about Ben Roethlisberger on the stock down? 24-44, 257 yards and interception, only seven fantasy points. For running backs, we talked about Freeman. Kristen Michael of Seattle, 29 points. Like Eric Blunt, 24 for 105 and two scores. He had 29 points. LaShawn McCoy, Carlos Hyde round out the top five. Darren Sproles in the stock up uh, category, but he does it receiving the ball. Six catches for 128 and a touchdown. How about Ezekiel Elliott running 30 times for 140 yards in uh, in the Cowboys' win over the uh, Bears, 31-17 on Monday night? Elliott was uh, was fantastic, and he had 21 fantasy points to show for it. Uh, how about uh, uh, Tevin Coleman? You know, we talked about Freeman. Coleman got in on the action too. Three touchdowns. Uh, 42 uh, rushing yards, 47 receiving yards. Those, th- those three touchdowns were uh, were close in, 
and he had 20 fantasy points. Very good numbers there. In terms of the stock down, uh, actually, let, let's let's also give a stock up to Wendell Smallwood of the of the Eagles. 17 rushes for 79 yards and a short score. He had 11 fantasy points, so that is uh, pretty good there. And even in really deep leagues, Orleans Darkwa of the Giants, now that Shane Vereen is on IR, he may end up getting a little more of a role going forward, especially with Rashad Jennings banged up. But Darkwa, 10 rushes, 53 in a score. He had nine fantasy points. Uh, in terms of stop down, Latavius Murray of the Oakland uh, Raiders, 10 rushes for 37, and he did have a touchdown, but still only nine fantasy points. Also, Isaiah Crowell, who... Uh, uh, had, had a long run last or two weeks ago. Only uh, uh, he did average 5.3 a rush, but he did not get into the end zone, and he had 79 yards rushing, seven fantasy points there. Matt Forte, disappointing week, 15 rushes for 65 yards. The Jets completely were uh, disappointing last Sunday as a whole, as, as an entire team. But Forte only had six points. You expected more there. And Fozzie Whitaker, the guy that was the uh, flavor of the week last week, uh, didn't really do much against Minnesota. 56 all-purpose yards, 22 rushing, 34 receiving. He only had five fantasy points. Let's go to receivers. Marvin Jones, T.Y. Hilton had uh, eight catches for 174 and a score. Emmanuel Sanders had two touchdowns on today, 25 points for him. Terrell Pryor of the Cleveland Browns had 21 yards rushing and a touchdown, eight catches for 144 yards, and even had five passing attempts connecting on three of them for 35 yards. He had a little of everything. Uh, we want to talk about multi-purpose. Terrell Pryor uh, would be that guy. 23 fantasy points tied for fourth with Jarvis Landry, who rounded out the top five. Looking at stock up, guys that you didn't expect to be as good to be a little better than advertised. Tavon Austin of the Rams, 22 rushing yards, five catches for 82 in his four. He had 20 fantasy points, which was good for seventh to tie with Jordy Nelson. You don't expect uh, Tavon Austin to be up that high on the list. Jameson Crowder with 17 fantasy points, tying Mike Evans. Crowder of the Redskins, four catches for 78 and a touchdown. Brian Quick of the Rams, two catches for 53 yards. One went for a long touchdown, and that put him on the map one point better with 15 than Antonio Brown. And Sterling Shepard keeps getting it done. Five catches for 73 yards and a score for the Giants. This one in a loss, 29-27 to Washington, but he had 13 fantasy points. On the other side, of the uh, of the ledger in terms of uh, disappointing, uh, let's uh, let's give you John Brown of the Arizona Cardinals, who really has been disappointing. Targeted eleven times, hauled in only six of those passes for seventy yards. He had seven points. Uh, also, uh, AJ Green, really not so disappointing. But when you lose in Denver or against Denver. Uh, more was expected of him. Eight catches on 11 targets, but 77 yards and no touchdowns. Uh, he had seven points. Um, let's uh, let's talk about Anquan Bolden, only four catches for 22 yards, while the rest of the offense around him was uh, doing a good job. How about DeAndre Hopkins, four catches for 56. Alan Hearns continues to disappoint, four catches for 40 yards. Stephon Diggs, four for 40 after a breakout week last week. Julian Edelman, only four for 38. Uh, Will Fuller, after a 100-yard game, three catches for 31 yards. Same with Mohamed Sanu. And, uh, and really a, uh, a laundry lister. Randall Cobb, one catch on three targets, 33 yards. That is not getting it done. Among the tight ends, the top one, Zach Miller of the Bears, 19 fantasy points, caught two touchdowns, eight catches in all for 78 yards. Jimmy Graham was second, six for 100, a touchdown, 
Now, Graham has been underutilized and, and hurt last year for Seattle. He's off to a good start. Travis Kelsey, Kobe Fleener tying with 17 points in third place. Kyle, uh, Kyle Rudolph, 7 for 70 and a touchdown, rounding out the top five, and the Vikings win over the Panthers. Stock up there, Cameron Brait of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, five catches, two in the end zone, 46 yards, 14 points for him. Uh, and also Ryan Griffin of the Houston Texans, 8 for 52, even though the team got shut out uh, against the Patriots. Griffin was pretty productive, had nine fantasy points. Uh, also Hunter Henry, five catches for 72 yards, eight points for him in, as he's spelling Antonio Gates, who is on the shelf with an injury. Uh, also, let's uh, talk about the stock down there. Jason Witten, two catches for 25. Clive Walford, two for 27. Martellus Bennett, two for 10. He also had a rush for six yards. That was a little crazy. Jesse James thought to be the, uh, the next Pittsburgh fit end. Well, while, uh, while Darius Green nurses his injury, James, two catches on four targets for only 10 yards. That's two points that is not going to get it done. Uh, among uh, kickers, Dustin Hopkins had five field goals and two extra points. He had 23 points. Justin Tucker, 21 points. He was four, four from field uh, from uh, um, uh, on the three-pointers, including a 53-yarder. So he's kicking from distance, also had an extra point there. Stephen Hauschka, Cody Parkey of the Browns with 15 points. Matt Prater of Detroit with 14. Uh, in terms of the stock up, stock down, Josh Lambeau of the Chargers, 3 of 3 in field goal. He did get an extra point block, but he had 13 points, uh, a, a pretty good uh, uh, situation there. Uh, also, uh, Adam Vinatieri keeps getting it done, 10 points for him. That uh, puts him, uh, well, in, in the back of the starting pack, so maybe not so stock up because you expected a little more out of him. Uh, but uh, I would say uh, Lambo would be the would be the main guy there. Uh, also, you you may want to uh, uh, add Matt Prater to that list because he he wasn't one of the first kickers taken, and he did have a 50 yarder there. In terms of the stock down, well, you didn't need much from Stephen Goskowski. Two field goals. The longest one was 25 yards, three extra points. He only had nine points. Um, but uh, you're looking for guys who uh, missed on uh, on kicks. And, and that didn't get a lot of opportunities. Chris Boswell would be one of those guys, only connected on one of two, and didn't have an extra point at that because Pittsburgh only scored three points. So if Boswell connected on a 40-yarder, that's it, get five points. Brandon McManus, five points for him, connected on a 20-yarder, two for three in extra points. And Roberto Aguayo of Tampa, 0 for 1 on a field goal attempt, two for three in extra points. He had two points. That is not very good, and he's my kicker. He's only starting at 8% of CBSSports.com leagues. I think it might be time to get another kicker. Defense, the Chiefs, we talked about the Bills at 26 points, the Vikings at 24 points, uh, the Falcons at 18, Chargers at 17 to round out the top five. All of them had a return for a touchdown. The Chiefs had two. Uh, and in terms of stock up, the Patriots pitching a shutout uh, over the, uh, uh, the, the uh, Houston Texans. They had 16 points. And uh, uh, the Eagles with uh, 13 points, uh, also a stock-up opportunity in terms of stock down. How about the Cardinals? Only seven points in a loss to Buffalo. They got shellacked in that one. Uh, and the, uh, uh, the Cowboys, only five points for them. The Dolphins, five points there. So some stock-down uh, stock play among those defenders or defensive teams. In terms of uh, passing yardage, James Winston leading all with 405. Overall, we had a total of 10 300-yard passers, which uh, 
uh, which reads like this, Winston, Stafford, Breeze, Manning, Luck, Rivers, Tannehill, Hoyer, Brian Hoyer of Chicago, probably the least likely name to see on there, Simeon and Wentz. Among uh, rushing uh, performances, there were eight 100-yard games, only four of them with 110 or more. Freeman, Elliott, DeMarco Murray had 114 yards and only 16 carries. That's a good average and a touch, too. Uh, LaShawn McCoy had 110, and then in the sub-110s, you had Michael Blunt, Eddie Lacy, and Carlos Hyde making up that list. And in the 100-yard receivers, uh, you have a running back in Darren Sproles at 128, a tight end in Kobe Fleener at 109, but the rest are, and also Jimmy Graham at 100, but the rest are wide receivers. And uh, Marvin Jones leading the way with 205, T.Y. Hilton second at 174. All told, you had uh, a, uh, a total of 16 100-yard receivers of, uh, of all of those positions. So that is a look back on week three in fantasy football. Let's turn our attention to week four now, 21 minutes after the hour. We're going to look at injuries uh, around the league. And first, among quarterbacks, Tony Romo continues to be out week to week, but he is not going to be coming back. Looks like week seven at the earliest. Jake Cutler didn't practice. He is doubtful for the game against Detroit. Uh, and uh, uh, Josh McCown for Cleveland out has been already ruled out for the game at Washington, so it looks like Cody Kessler once again, and Terrell Pryor has shown that he will uh, take part somehow in uh, in the offense behind center. Uh, the Patriots quarterback situation. Two, both quarterbacks are questionable. Jimmy Garoppolo questionable with a shoulder. He practiced in limited fashion. He totally percent limited as well. Uh, questionable with a thumb injury. Uh, they will probably somehow... Uh, split it. If both can play, if one can play, great. Uh, but otherwise, Julian Edelman will probably be the number two. I don't believe they they uh, um, uh, they signed a quarterback uh, to uh, to back up one or the other or, or both. Tom Brady comes off suspension next week at Cleveland. All right. In terms of running backs, let's take a look at the situation here. Doug Martin did not practice out for Week Four against Denver. He has a hamstring injury, and of course, Charles Sims will get the reps. Uh, but Martin will be out for three weeks, and uh, uh, he did not play against the Rams, so this will be week two of the three weeks. They have a bye in week six, so the hope is by week seven at San Francisco, Martin will be back in the lineup, and Charles Sims, of course, gets a lot more uh, playing time because of that. Uh, Also out, Jonathan Stewart, uh, out for the game in Atlanta, so Fozzie Whitaker once again will have another week, and Atlanta gives up some rushing yards, so he might be a good play. Stewart out with a hamstring injury. Arian Foster from Miami already played, or already his game was already played before he was already out. He was inactive for that one. Hamstring injury. Jay Ajayi was the uh, was the main guy. Uh, Thomas Rawls already ruled out for Seattle. Lower leg injury. He will not play at the Jets. Kristen Michael and uh, Charkandrick West will not play for Kansas City. But Jamal Charles looks like he will play. Spencer Ware will start most likely. Charles will get some of the uh, some of the uh, rest of the carries that Charkendrick West would get, but West uh, it is out with an ankle injury. Uh, Darren McFadden out for Dallas with an elbow. In terms of uh, doubtful, Jeremy Langford didn't practice. He's week to week, but they're saying he's going to be out for four to six weeks, and uh, uh, th- that is the report anyway, according to ESPN's Adam Schefter. A severe sprain in his upper ankle and uh, uh, that will give Jordan Howard a chance to be the main guy uh, at this point. So uh, if you're uh, desperate for, for uh, running backs, 
Howard would be a good pickup. Um, also, doubtful Kenneth Dixon for Baltimore. He did practice in full, however, so that is a uh, that is a very good sign. Uh, also, Kadeem Carey for Chicago, doubtful with a hamstring. Questionable. We talked about Charles Ryan Matthews for Philadelphia, questionable with an ankle. Rashad Jennings, questionable with thumb. And with Shane Vereen on IR now with a triceps injury, uh, Jennings will be uh, expected to hopefully play for the Giants. Limited practice for him. You know, they have a tough assignment in, at Minnesota, uh, but uh, you may see um, uh, you, you may see a little more um, from the uh, from the other running backs in uh, you know with, with with the Giants at this point. Uh, also, uh, questionable CJ Precise for Seattle. He did practice in full, however. And uh, in terms of guys on IR, we mentioned uh, uh, we mentioned Shane Vereen, but also Danny Woodhead, Adrian Peterson, Amir Abdullah. And by the way, IR rules, uh, the new IR rules for the year, you used to have to designate a player for return if he was going to come back potentially after 10 weeks on IR. What they've done now is they are allowing one player to come back from IR for the entire season. So you can put a player on IR. You don't have to designate him for return. However, once a player on that team is brought back from IR after, I think, eight weeks, uh, the rest of the players on IR are then automatically out for the season. So you don't know which player will be brought back, but you hope that one of them does. And that is pretty much the, uh, the idea uh, behind the new IR rules for the year. So just because players on IR doesn't mean he's out for the year, but uh, unless it's such a bad injury that you know he's done for the year, but you're not quite sure. Wide receivers, the big news, Sammy Watkins put on IR with a foot injury that he suffered at week one. They were hoping that he was going to be able to play and be able to give you something. Really couldn't. He was out from week to week, so he is on injured reserve with his foot injury. Keenan Allen, we know about him on IR. But uh, among the ones that are not on IR, Eric Decker has been ruled out with a shoulder injury, did not practice, and he has a rotator cuff injury. They are taking it week to week with him. They still have Marshall, who is not on the injury report. Uh, they have Quincy Inunua, and and uh, those will be the guys that uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick will rely on. Of course, Matt Forte out of the backfield, but Decker is out for the game against Seattle. Also, Dante Moncrief continues to be out four to six-week injury for him. He uh, will not play in London with his shoulder injury. Corey Coleman out with a hand injury. Eli Rogers for Pittsburgh out with a toe injury. All of them did not practice. Josh Dotson for Washington, Achilles injury. Braxton Miller for Houston, a hamstring injury. All of them ruled out for their games. No one on the doubtful list, but in terms of questionable, Marvin Jones with a hamstring after his 205-yard receiving day. He is questionable, but he did practice in full and uh, he will look to play in Chicago. Sean Jeffrey in that same game, limited practice for him, knee injury, questionable for, for that game. Stephon Diggs from Minnesota, limited practice, groin injury. Des Bryant, questionable with a knee. He did not practice. It is not looking very good for Des Bryant for their game uh, in San Francisco. Uh, he is even saying that he will miss at least one game, so most likely will not play against the Niners this weekend. Willie Sneed, questionable limited practice for the toe injury. Also limited practice and questionable for Philip Dorsett and uh, for, for their game in London, uh, the Colts game in London. That is Kamar Aiken with a thigh injury. He did practice in full, I should mention. Uh, Kenny Britt was limited pra- practice with a thigh injury for uh, the Rams. Uh, in terms of full practice for questionable, we mentioned Marvin Jones, uh, but also Tavon Austin for the Rams, uh, as well as uh, Kamar Aiken, as, as we said. 
So that is a look at wide receiver injuries. For tight ends, uh, the the uh, big injury or the big injuries uh, would be Tyler Eifert out, and he wasn't active for the game last Thursday. Antonio Gates continues to be hampered by his hamstring injury. Doubtful, did not practice. So once again, Hunter Henry will be the man for the Chargers. And that game might yield a lot of points for the Chargers and the Saints. Uh, also out, Virgil Green for Denver. Calf injury, did not practice. Jordan Cameron out with a concussion for Miami. He was not active on Thursday. Uh, uh, doubtful. We, we mentioned doubtful for Gates. He's the only doubtful on the list. But questionable, Rob Gronkowski, limited practice. He is looking to make his uh, season, well, actually not season debut. He made his season debut in week three. He did not have, he did not have any setbacks. So that is what they are saying to say that Gronkowski will play in week four against Buffalo. Delaney Walker, also questionable with hamstring, also a limited practice. Uh, limited practice, two for Charles Clay of Buffalo, who's questionable with a knee. Vance McDonald, uh, limited uh, practice as well, questionable with a hip. And Garrett Selleck of the Niners, questionable with a back. Full practice and questionable for Jimmy Graham. Julius, or Julius Thomas did not practice. Uh, Jimmy Graham, Eric Ebron, and uh, uh, questionable without practice for, as we mentioned, Julius Thomas, and, uh, and that's about it. So quite a few tight end injuries. Um, you know, just, just looking at the teams, I mean, there's, there's, uh, uh, there's 10 of them, uh, at, at least in terms of uh, uh, tight ends that uh, might be rosterable in fantasy football. Um, really nothing among the kickers, and that is the injury report here uh, going into week number four. Uh, we are going to give you some hot pickups, and then we're going to get into the game picks. We are, our game picks are, going to, are going to go beyond the uh, bottom of the hour here, so just make sure you download the entire podcast on uh, iTunes, Stitcher, the Smart Radio app, and we will upload our audio on Facebook as well as blo- our Blog Talk Radio page. We'll have it too. So thanks so much for joining us. And now on to the podcast-only version, 10 minutes remaining. We have a ton to get to. Hot pickups, our game picks, and, of course, our uh, uh, beginning of our fantasy hockey coverage for 2016-2017 with the start of the preview and uh, the closing days of baseball. We may do our all-statman team next week and cover the final uh, couple of days of the season, which uh, would have get, gotten lost in the shuffle. So we are going to, uh, we're going to uh, uh, push that to, uh, to next week. Uh, also, we do want to, uh, to give you the um, uh, all Statman team for the month of September in football. And now's the time to do that because all of the games in September have been played. Quarterback of the month in September, Ryan Tannehill of the Miami Dolphins at 85 fantasy points. You didn't see that coming. Only three points better than Matthew Stafford, who finished in second place. Uh, but uh, Tannehill was number one. Uh, and, and of course, that it helps when you have the extra game played. So let's Let's take week uh, four out of it. And Matthew Stafford becomes the man at 82 fantasy points. Let's give it to Stafford. I'm, I think it's unfair to give Tannehill that, the, extra, the extra points. Uh, running backs, LeGarrette Blunt at 60 points, DeMarco Murray at 55. Those are your top two running backs. D'Angelo Williams came in third at 53 points. He might be in the running for a flex. Wide receivers, A.J. Green. Well, we can't give it to A.J. Green because he already played uh, four games. So let's, uh, I'm going to break down the, uh, uh, the players here between uh, weeks one and three as we are 
uh, actually one and um, yes, one one and three. Well, let, let's let's just take a look here at the players uh, on that list. As we mentioned, Stafford is the top quarterback. Top running backs are uh, Murray and uh, and David Johnson. Uh, so so Demarco Murray at sixty two points, David Johnson at sixty one. Those are the top running backs. Blunt has sixty, D'Angelo Williams fifty nine, and they will be in the uh, in the running for a flex. Wide receivers: Marvin Jones at fifty eight, Mike Evans at fifty fantasy points, um, Antonio Brown four points back. Among tight ends, Greg Olson was the top tight end. Uh, the top kicker, Justin Tucker. The top defense, the Vikings. 13 points better than the Bills. How about that? 52 points for the Vikings. And the best flex was LeGarrette Blunt at 60 fantasy points. So a very quick look at uh, the all-Satman team for the month of September. We'll put those numbers up there on the website for you uh, uh, very shortly. Okay, let's get to uh, hot pickups. Let's do that quickly. And the flavor of the week right now is Terrell Pryor because of the multidimensional play that he can bring to uh, the Cleveland Browns because they are down to their third quarterback. He's a rookie, Cody Kessler. And Pryor will be able to throw the ball a little bit, be able to run with it a little bit out of the Wildcat. And also, he's a receiver by trade. Even though he's a quarterback in college, he's a receiver by trade. So he is an all-league ad available in medium-sized leagues. Jordan Howard for uh, running backs. Jeremy Langford looks to be out for a while with his ankle sprain. Howard may play for the next few weeks. Medium-sized league availability, but he's an all-league ad. Uh, in deep leagues, Orleans Darkwa, as we mentioned, for the Giants with Shane Vereen going on IR. Uh, also, among kickers, Dustin Hopkins is getting a lot of love. His ownership is skyrocketing from 15% to 78%. And uh, finally, uh, Trevor Simeon, among quarterbacks, uh, going up from 12 to 56, he had the best week among week three quarterbacks. Very good stuff. And even among defenses, the Redskins defense, going from 23% to 63%. They are available in medium-sized leagues. Jameson Crowder in deep leagues, available for wide receivers. Let's give you another couple of deep league ads. Wendell Smallwood, the Eagles are on a bye this week, but still uh, his ownership is going up, available in deep leagues. Cameron Brait for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers among tight ends. Not a bad uh, uh, possibility. And Adam Humphreys, a Tampa Bay wide receiver who is uh, getting more production than Vincent Jackson at this point. Humphreys, 18 catches for 201 yards, including uh, 100 yards last week against the Rams. It really put him off the map, so he is available in deep league. So that is a good look at hot pickups for week number four. Uh, we are going to well, – our, our uh, fantasy focus for the week, by the way, was the all-stat man team. Uh, we're not going to have time to get to it for baseball. So we mentioned our knockout pick was the Bengals, so we are 4-0. Uh, we uh, have gone with Seattle in week one over the Dolphins. Uh, we picked uh, Carolina in week two. We picked the Dolphins in week three to win, and they did. And now we picked them to lose again this time to the Bengals in week four, and we are 4-0. and oh, Good start there. Uh, among the uh, regular picks, our game picks for the week, we're 1-0 and oh for the week, but overall in picking uh, straight up, we, uh, we have 26, I believe 26 wins, no, 27 wins, I, I think, um, which is not terrible, uh, but an 8-8 eight eight week last week is not getting it done. Uh, with the spread, 22 uh, have been picked correctly, including the one on Thursday night. We had the Bengals minus 6.5. We were only 6-10 and 10 last week. This is a problem. Only two teams have a bye this week, the Eagles 
and the Packers. And um, uh, we have a game in London as well. Uh, so that is going to be something new. So be reminded tomorrow, 9.30 a.m. on CBS, the Colts and the Jags. And the Jags are favored, or I'm sorry, the Colts are favored by two and a half points, technically on the road, but they're both on the road because it's in London. All right, let's look at the local teams first. And let's start with the Jets. They have a home game against the Seahawks. Both teams come into this um, really not, uh, you know, the, the, the Seahawks were um, uh, coming in a little banged up, uh, but they come in on a win uh, as they um, uh, as they ended up uh, beating the Niners 37-18. The Jets figure to play better. They, I mean, they can't play worse than what they did against Kansas City. That was a total meltdown. And you got to think that there's some accountability in the room for that. Uh, Eric Decker will not play. I think that Fitzpatrick got a lot of that bad stuff out of his system. I think they'll try and keep it simple. They're going to use Matt Forte a lot better. And you got to remember, Russell Wilson is not 100%. And I think the Jets have it aligned in their way where I think they're going to win it outright against the Seahawks. Seahawks not as good on the road, remember, as they are at home. I think the Jets win it outright. They are getting three and a half points. Uh, so that is a pick for me for game number one. Game two, the Patriots favored by six and a half over the Bills. The Bills played better last week, uh, obviously, uh, with an 0-2 start. Their offense isn't bad, but the Patriots' defense has been fantastic. They're at home. There's really nothing stopping them from going 4-0. The Bills don't scare you at all. Sammy Watkins on IR, that is deflating. Um, and you've got to remember, you're not looking at the quarterback here. You know, in, in uh, the game against Houston, I looked at the quarterback, and I said, well, you know, I don't think they're going to have it. I think Houston's a better team. Well, the Patriots' defense stepped right up. And why wouldn't they do that again this time against the Buffalo Bills team that is not playing well offensively and with a new offensive coordinator? So I think the Patriots will win and cover six and a half. Why not? Patriots in game number two. And in game three, the Giants on Monday night against the Vikings. The Vikings are going to be at home. The Vikings are looking good. Now, I understand Sam Bradford is the quarterback of this team. Adrian Peterson is out for the year. However, the Vikings' defense has been absolutely fantastic. They've been the best fantasy defense in the league, but they've been a very good real defense. Uh, I think the Vikings will win it. The Giants have had close games every single week. They've won by the sword. They've lived by the sword. They've died by the sword. They're 2-1. and one losing a two-point game to Washington, and that was a tough one to take. The Vikings are playing extremely well. They're at home, national TV. I think they go to 4-0. I think it will be a close game, however, and I'm going to pick the Giants plus 4.5, but I'm going to pick the Vikings to win the game. In terms of the big games, uh, let's give you um, uh, Carolina at Atlanta, NFC South showdown in Atlanta. The Panthers have not played well uh, they didn't play well last week, but that you could attribute that to the Vikings. Uh, Atlanta played well on the road in New Orleans, not something that they do often. The Falcons at home are getting two and a half, and the Panthers don't want to go down to one and three. And this is the defending NFC champions. And similar to Washington last week, you got a lot on the line. Not, not coaching jobs or anything like that, but you had a lot on the line. A team that lost one game all of last year, they've already lost two in the first three games. I don't think they let that happen and go to one and three. I'm going to pick the Panthers minus two and a half on the road, a road favorite in big game number one. Big game number two, uh, let's, uh, let's go to uh, 
the uh, Chiefs and the Steelers on Sunday night. Chiefs have not played well on the road. The Steelers looked absolutely horrible at home. Or, I'm sorry, on, they were on the road. Uh, they come back home after playing horrible uh, across the state in Philadelphia. I think the Steelers will have what it takes here. I'm going to pick them to win going away uh, by a touchdown, at least a touchdown, minus five and a half in uh, big game number two. And, and I think that's a combination. The Chiefs not playing well on the road. They didn't play well against Houston. Um, but, you know, this has been a crazy first couple of weeks where already you've seen things that you didn't expect. Um, and I didn't expect the Steelers to lose 34-3 to to the Eagles last week. Uh, but I think they will have something better. There's accountability in that room as well. And I'm going to pick the Steelers to win by a touchdown, uh, probably something like uh, 24-17, to but the Steelers minus 5.5 in big game number two. Have to struggle to find a big game number three, but let's go to Baltimore. Why not? The Queen City, Charm City, and the uh, Baltimore Ravens at 3-0, and favored by 3.5 against Oakland. An Oakland team that I didn't think would uh, would be able to win on the road. They won on the road in New Orleans. But that might be a function of the Saints more than it's a function of the Raiders because Atlanta did the same thing last week. So you have a Baltimore team that's 3-0, and Joe Flacco, and you know what he can do. And you have a young, up-and-coming Raiders team. This is going to be a fun game to watch if you have DirecTV or if you're based in the Philly area, you might get the game. Um, but Baltimore, uh, I think they run their record to 4-0, and and I think they, uh, they win it. Oakland, remember, they have you know, 2,500, 3,000 miles to go, more like 3,000 miles to go to get to Baltimore. Uh, so I'm going to pick Baltimore by a touchdown in this one, 30-23. Uh, to 23. Ravens minus three and a half in big game number three. So the local games, we have uh, the Jets plus three and a half against the Seahawks at home, the Patriots minus six and a half at home uh, to the Bills, and the Giants plus four and a half but losing the game overall to uh, Minnesota on Monday night. And in terms of the big games, Carolina minus two and a half on the road in Atlanta. Uh, We have Pittsburgh minus five and a half at home against Kansas City. And finally, uh, Baltimore minus three and a half at home against the Oakland Raiders. Those are the picks for week number four in the NFL. Okay, we have 42 minutes after the hour. Uh, We are going to, um, uh, in terms of the fantasy genius picks, we are going to write them down and put them up on the website. But very quickly, uh, I have luck over Stafford among quarterbacks uh, as a stardom sit-em based on NFL.com fantasy genius questions. I have Crowell over Frank Gore. Uh, to start, Crowell going up against the Redskins, uh, Gore against Jacksonville. Uh, I have uh, Tyrell Williams over Amari Cooper uh, among wide receivers. And for tight ends, uh, I have uh, Jimmy Graham over Jordan Reed. Graham at the Jets, Reed against Cleveland. So that is my um, quick take on uh, stardom situm there. Okay, we don't have time to get into uh, fantasy, fantasy hockey. We may end up doing that on the website uh, and, and giving you our uh, our uh, uh, rankings at that point. But baseball, let me just tell you, for the past week, Miguel Cabrera, the hitter of the week, 43 points, tied with Joey Votto, but we give the edge to Cabrera, higher OPS, 556 on base, 10, 1042 slugging, had four homers, 14 RBIs. Votto, four homers and seven RBIs. Um, so not a, uh, uh, not a bad week for Votto either. But Cabrera was a bit better. Robinson Cano, five home runs and eight RBIs. He's at 38 home runs for the year. Did you know that? Everyone talks about how Cano has never been the same since he's been on the Yankees. 
His full season numbers now, 298, 38 homers, and 100 RBIs. Most home runs he's ever hit. And 100 RBIs for the third time in his career, first time in Seattle. Jay Bruce, fourth on the list, finally starting to hit for the Mets. 10 for 20 this week, four homers, eight RBIs. He's at 38 points. Nelson Cruz at 37 points, rounding out the top five. Among pitchers, best pitcher, you Darvish, 66 fantasy points, 2-0, and 0, .690 RA, 21 strikeouts in 13 innings. Carlos Rodon for the White Sox at number two with 62 points. Robert Gesellman at the Mets, third at 54 points. C.C. Sabathia, fourth at 48. And Carlos Martinez of the Cardinals, fifth at 39 fantasy points. Uh, we have our picks for the awards and we will uh, for major league baseball awards and we will do that on wednesday we will also pick our playoff uh we'll make our playoff picks we'll do that on our countdown show which is our next episode wednesday night 11 p.m eastern right here on sports with the stat man on the next saturday morning right back at you with this week in fantasy sports that's going to do it here from northern new jersey i'm george the stat man thanks so much for joining us we will talk to you on wednesday night at 